discover the possibilities of internal medicine. Thank you for joining the Physician Spotlight podcast today. My name is Amanda Allen, and I am the Manager of Communications and District Relations for the New York chapter of the ACP. I'm here today with Dr. Raja Jamin Aristide, who is our counselor for the Nassau East District in our Long Island region. And we're going to talk about different things for med students, different tips and skills for med students, tracks in internal medicine, how to balance work life, um, and also mentorship. So thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Jamin Aristide. It is a pleasure. And if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, that would be great. Sure. Um, Thanks for having me. So I am an internal medicine trained physician. I trained in Brooklyn in New York Methodist Hospital. I started off in private practice in Brooklyn and transitioned into an inpatient hospital medicine role where I also had the opportunity to do some teaching. So learned about academic medicine at that time. Um, Then transitioned into a purely inpatient role where I dabbled a little bit with research and administrative medicine. Um, And I'm currently working as the chief medical officer at New York Health where I manage a lot of administrative duties but I also continue to see patients a few days a week in the ambulatory setting. That's great. It sounds like you've had a lot of different opportunities. How did you find those opportunities and how would you recommend for med students to find those? Sure. So I think a lot of how I found them had to deal with me looking for them, right? I didn't have um, a very early start with mentorship in my life and I would almost say that it it had a lot to do with me kind of just internally understanding what I wanted in life, right? Um, I became a mother in residency and I knew as as a new mom that I wanted to spend a little bit more time with my kiddo and I wanted to still, you know, advance my career. So I looked for different opportunities when the fit wasn't fitting at the moment, right? So I looked for a certain set of hours that I wanted to work. And when I did inpatient hospital medicine, that came with an academic role. So I learned about academics at the time and loved it. You know, when I wanted to do a little bit more clinical and less of everything else, I went to a purely inpatient role in another hospital where I was given the opportunity to advance in research, community outreach, administrative, um, and all these different realms in medicine that I just loved so much, right? And didn't love research as much. So I walked away from that and continued with different varieties of medicine. Um, So I say a combination of both looking for them and having mentors to guide in those directions and to kind of open my eyes to all the different kinds of things you can do in medicine. Yeah, there's a lot in there. Um, I'll start with talking about that lifelong journey, finding like research and going to research where you said, maybe this isn't for me. How did that affect your journey? What did it teach you? Um, So I don't think it affected my journey in a negative way at all. I think it helped me positively, if anything, because I was able to identify something that I am just not crazy about and move on to something that I am. Like I love administrative and academic medicine. um, And I don't think I knew enough about it as a medical student to understand that there's all these, you know, variations in medicine that you can pursue. Um, For medical students currently, what I would tell them is I think one of the most valuable lessons I've ever learned is finding mentors and finding mentors who were able to guide me in the direction based on what I was looking for. And through a variety of 
points in my career, I've had mentors that have kind of fed my soul in different ways, right? So one of my mentors always says, if it doesn't feed your soul, don't do it, right? Um, and I like that mentor. <laughs> you, can try, you can certainly try it. Yeah. Um, but when you try it, if it doesn't feed your soul, then why are you doing it? Don't do things just to do them. Um, so one of the most valuable things I've learned about is, is really knowing, I think it always anchors on knowing what you want and what you need. And if you don't know what you want, um, you know, you express that to your mentors. You know, when I became a new mom as a resident, I needed mentors who knew what it was like to be a new mom and a physician. So I really gravitated towards female mentors. And then as my kids got older and I was like, you know, I want to advance in different ways. How can I do that? Then I stopped putting that anchor in my mentors. And I just looked for mentors who would just push me to the next level. I knew what I needed in my life at that time from a personal standpoint. And that's how I've sought mentors. How did you find those mentors? Where did you seek them? How did you find them? How did you grow it? Um, so I actually sought mentors based on who I gravitated to. When I met people at conferences or my attendings, um, or when I was in certain forums or doing public speaking events, if I found someone who I felt like I was gravitated to, I would just ask them and like, hey, you know, I'm looking for a mentor and these are the things, you know, about you that make me want to ask you to be my mentor. And these are the things that I think I need help with. And, you know, people always get scared, right? Okay, you're asking me to do an additional thing. Oh my God. So I would kind of time frame it for them. I know I'd only want to meet with you twice or if you could once a quarter and, um, you know, I'll arrange the place for breakfast or I'll arrange the Zoom and I'll arrange the questions. And that's pretty much what I did. You know, it's okay if you have a couple of different mentors, one for your love of academics, one for your love of clinical, one for your, you know, your need to have a mentor as a mom. You talk so much about figuring out your needs. How do you then reflect and understand your own needs and identify what those major needs are? I think you, you know, the reflecting tool I don't think I thought it was as amazing as I think it is now when I was an early <laughs> learner. Um, but I think the reflection is really key, right? And reflection can, can be in so many different ways. It's just really taking a moment, understanding what you need on a personal level, writing it down, you know, take a piece of paper, write down your personal goals, your professional goals, your goals in the variety of roles that you play in your life, right? So mother, daughter, friend, whatever it is, and, you know, what's your personal goal? Is it to travel once a year, travel twice a year? What does that look like? And what's your professional goal? Is it to be part of more conferences? And if it is, then how can you take that travel twice a year and fit that into that conference twice a year? And can you kind of gel those, right? So it's not until you have those things in paper that I think you can really integrate it into that notorious, like, you know, work-life balance that everybody talks about. It's really an integration of the things that feed your soul and how can they feed your soul in one bucket? I love how you give the example of fitting the travel with the conference. And somebody I heard the other day said to me, it's, you don't always have to consider it work-life balance. It's just life. And yeah. that's a perfect example. And I, I call it like a work-life integration, right? Because, yeah, I like it. you know, I have the forever mom guilt when I go to a conference, like, oh, I should be away with the kids and spend time with the kids in the evening. So how can I integrate my love to advance in medicine and my, you know, love for my family. Right. So that's always like the two hurdles that I, I struggle with. 
Yeah. Um, I like to call it an integration. I love that. So how do you face that challenge of constantly identifying your needs? It's really identifying what bothers me the most at the time and how can I fix it? The same conference that I went to that talked about mentorship actually talked about this really neat way of drawing out your goals in pencil. What are those goals for me? And, you know, what do they look like in 10 years? And, you know, in the next 10 years, I remember 10 years ago, in the next 10 years, I want to be the CMO of a company, right? And then my, that was my professional goal. But my personal goal was in the next 10 years, I want to spend as much time as possible with my daughter before she's a teenager. And so how can I get to that professional, but still maintain that personal goal? And what's more important to me? So whatever is the single most important thing to me is what will be drawn in pen because I will not change that, right? And then everything else can be drawn in pencil because those can be changed. And so that's what I do, like a, a, you know, a six month, one year, five year, 10 year plan. And the thing that makes me me at this time in my life is being a mother. And so that goal will always be in pen and everything fits or it doesn't fit. <laughs> and if it doesn't fit, it's not as important as my main goal, right? Yeah. So, yeah. How do you, how do you keep that in pen? I think it depends on, on really sitting down and reflecting on what, what makes you, you, mm. like what makes you, you. And I will say hands down, I've never known what makes me me until I became a mother. And so that is what I draw in pen. And that is what reminds me every time I look at it, that that is, that is me. And can that me change? Of course, but that's why it's like a five or 10 year plan, right? Mm -hmm. So when I had my daughter in residency, because I never got to see her so much, I knew that the moment I had the chance to have weekends off and nights off, like this is where I want to concentrate my energy for the next 10 years until my daughter's a certain age. And then when she becomes that age, I'm going to redraw my next 10 years and maybe my professional will be in pen or maybe my personal and professional will be in pen. Just because it's in pen doesn't mean I can't get a new piece of paper and redraw it, right? You know, my mantra in any job that I'm in is I'm generally a very happy person. If I'm ever in a place where I'm not happy, that's not the place for me to be. Because then it, it alters me, it alters my personality, right? Yeah, I agree. I have been there and it's a scary leap to take to think, oh, I'm supposed to be here versus I don't want to be here and exactly. actually say I need to find something else. Um, but it is so rewarding on the other side uh, for life and it's inspiring to hear Thank how you. you do that. Um, it'll inspire the next generation to do that and even people who may be feeling like I'm stuck that you, you can make that change. So speaking of those changes, the different options and the different tracks, I know you talked about them earlier. What would be your recommendation to med students for exploring those tracks? How do they even find them? So, I mean, I will say that having joined ACP, you know, um, one of my attendings was Dr. Prag Mehta. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the world is your, you know, your oyster, you know. Um, and so, you know, he he encouraged me to actually be part of the American College of Physicians when I was a resident and when I was a student actually. And I just met more and more people and learned about different things. Like I didn't know so much about, you know, the IT side of medicine until Dr. Mehta, you know. Um, and 
and really kind of just going to these conferences, picking one or two homes, right? And by that, I mean, what's your academic home and what's your clinical home? Mm-hmm. You know, and ACP is one of my biggest homes where I go to conferences, I talk to people, I learn about all these cool things that people do, I ask questions. So I think just actively inquiring, right? Um, and then finding mentors. Mentorship, I think, is one of the biggest things. You know, it's like one of my favorite topics, you know. So I'm searching, you know, when I go to conferences for people who know more so that I can kind of pick their brain and see if that's something of interest to me. That's refreshing. It's lifelong learning right there. Um, well, I think we've talked about a lot, but is there anything that you, anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to put out there as a, as a tip? I think for medical students, I think, you know, medical students are taught a huge amount of information from a clinical standpoint, you know, books and clinical. Um, I think one of the most important things is, you know, medicine is very different now. It's, it's, it's tough. Medicine is a tough field. And no matter what path you choose, it's easy to be disheartened sometimes, right? And I think it's, it's a big workload and it's exhausting. And I think, you know, it's important for medical students to know that there's so much more out there, right? And if they're starting to feel any of that, you know, really look for mentors because medicine is really a lifelong journey um, and trying to find mentors who can feed what their needs are at different times. So it's not, medicine is not solely clinical medicine. There are so many different ways in which to make an impact where, you know, you can have that impact in the world in, in addition to taking care of patients. You know, for someone out there who is struggling with that work-life integration, what would be um, another tip that you would give for being successful with work-life integration? Draw your timeline out. Um, draw your timeline out with categories of what is most important to you. And I think we lose focus on that very easily, right? We take on so much work, we're not spending time with our family. And, you know, no one can fault you for what your loves are in the world, right? You know, what makes you you outside of medicine? And I think maintaining that foundation is the most important thing in any successful career, right? So, draw out your timeline and draw out your anchors. So my anchor is, you know, personal, then professional, then everything else, right? So draw those anchors out with a timeline. Great tips. Thank you so much for this discussion. And it has been a, yeah, it's been a pleasure having you. I'm going to take your advice right away, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much.